Our text this morning comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 20. It's a very friendly letter that the Apostle, Apostle Paul writes to the church at Philippi. Not a lot of issues or trouble uh, going on in that church, and you'll see that there is a very close relationship between the Apostle Paul and this congregation. Philippians chapter 4 Begin reading in verse 10. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, I know how to abound. In, every, in, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable And pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we pray now that your Holy Spirit would work through the preaching of your word. Your word is our life and our strength, and may you use it today to the glory of Christ, we pray. Amen. I have a secret to share with you this morning. Perhaps you've heard this secret. Maybe it will be news to you. Here is the secret. There are health benefits to chocolate. Yes. (laughs) Did you know that chocolate can lower blood pressure and it can help the flow of blood? The smell of chocolate is supposed to increase brain waves, leading to relaxation. And men who eat chocolate live a year longer. The secret for today is eat more chocolate. Now, just to be be clear, I am not a medical doctor. And I'm not really encouraging you to eat more chocolate. I cannot guarantee this secret, but I really want it to be true. I cannot say I've experienced the full reality of this secret, but I really want to try. Paul, in our text this morning, also shares a secret with us. Verse 12, he says, I've learned the secret. 
In verse 11, we see that this secret has to do with contentment. And he wants to share this secret with us. Now, you would think that such a secret could be used to make millions of dollars. But here we have the secret freely given. So what is the secret of contentment? And what effect would it have in your life? Paul reveals this secret in verse 13. He says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The first thing that Paul says is, I can do. I can do. Perhaps the secret of contentment is how we respond to the various circumstances of life. Paul says in verse 12 that he's he's learned how to face plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Paul has faced experiences in his life where he's very poor and he had nothing. And he faced experiences in his life when he had everything he needed. And Paul emphasizes his response in this passage several times. Verses 11 and 12, twice he says, I have learned. And then twice he says... I know how. It seems that Paul has come to know the secret of contentment by how he has responded to the various circumstances, experiences of his life. So maybe it is our response to the circumstances, the experiences of life, that is the secret of contentment. Now what we do in response to life's experience is important for learning contentment, but let me tell you, it's not the secret. Our response is not the secret. And yet, the phrase, I can do, can teach us some things about contentment. It teaches us that contentment is not the absence of response, it's not the absence of desire, it's not the absence of a drive to do something, It's not a do-nothing attitude that has no direction in life. One day the father of the famous Webster brothers found his boys just lounging around the house. What are you doing, Ezekiel? Nothing. What are you doing, Daniel? I'm helping Ezekiel, sir. Resourceful boys, to say the least. Now, contentment is not just a state of passivity where we receive everything that comes our way without any human response. We don't stoically accept whatever happens without emotion or reaction. Contentment is a response to life that must be learned through the trials of life, but our response is not the secret to contentment. Part of the problem is that contentment does not come to us naturally or easily, does it? We usually respond to the events of life with worry, anxiety. I mean, worry is such an integral part of our lives that sometimes if we are not worrying about something, we feel like something must be wrong. It doesn't feel normal. I'm not not worrying about something. Response is not the secret to contentment. 
Well, if response is not the secret to contentment, then maybe our circumstances are the secret to contentment. If we could just make sure we have the right circumstances of life, then we would experience contentment. I mean, we understand that it's hard to be content in difficult circumstances. It's hard to be content when you're hungry. It's hard to be content when you don't have enough money to pay your expenses. It's hard to be content when you face those difficult situations and even tragedies in life. But too often we think that if if our circumstances were different, then we would be content. If we could just change our circumstances. A better job, better grades. God would just kind of remove that person at work that's given me all this trouble. If I could just get married, if I could just get out of my marriage, if I could just change my circumstances, then I would be content. Or maybe we think if I could just experience the good things of life, If my life was just full of blessings, no major problems, no major needs in life, no major trouble in life, then I could really experience contentment. Isn't that how it works? No, not really, right? The secret of contentment is not found in our circumstances. It's not found in having more than we need, even much, much, much more than we need. Having it made financially for life is not the secret of contentment. Material blessings in life are good things. But they don't bring along with them contentment. Perhaps one day you will have more than you need. Nothing wrong with that. But if you make that the goal of your life, you won't be content. An abundance of material blessings can lead to spiritual apathy and a spiritual forgetfulness. Remember when the children of Israel were getting ready to go into the land of Canaan, the promised land, Moses warned them in Deuteronomy 6 that when they come into the land that God was giving to them and they take over these houses that they haven't built and they take over these vineyards that they haven't planted... And God pours out his abundance of blessings upon them so that they eat and they are full. What does God reward them? Moses warned them about. Be careful, he says, that you don't forget the Lord your God, the very one who gave you all of these blessings. When life is good, we tend to enjoy the blessings so much that we may forget the God who gave us those blessings. And we can easily begin to live for those blessings. Our attention can shift to keeping and acquiring all of those good things in life. And that can be so consuming that God can take a back seat. Adversity tends to drive us to God. Prosperity tends to numb us of our need for God. Doesn't always happen, but it's a danger. The secret of contentment is found in recognizing that contentment is not 
found in any of these situations, circumstances. Whether you abound in plenty or whether you are barely making ends meet, each has their own danger. No situation or circumstance in life can ever be the source of contentment. There is no dream that if fulfilled will guarantee contentment. So if the circumstances are not the secret of contentment and our response is not the secret of contentment, then what is the secret of contentment? Verse 13, Paul says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Here is the secret. God is the source of contentment. Contentment is not found by looking within ourselves. It's not found in anything on this earth. It's not found within the horizon of life itself. Nothing in this life can completely satisfy. There's no formula, no ritual that will bring contentment into our life. The secret of contentment is found in recognizing that the source of contentment is God himself. Contentment comes from actively seeking God no matter what your circumstances are in life. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Contentment is like joy in this regard. We can experience joy even in difficult circumstances because the source of joy is God Himself. And so finding satisfaction in life is not something that we can produce. It comes from knowing the God who has all things in his hand and is working out all things for his glory and for our good. And we can experience contentment no matter what is going on in our lives because we are in a relationship with the God of this universe. We are in a relationship with the creator of all things and he owns everything. Jeremiah Burroughs, in the book, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment, defines contentment in this way. He says, it's that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit which freely submits to and delights in God's wise and fatherly disposal in every condition. Freely submits to and delights in God's wise and fatherly disposal in every condition. It's the attitude expressed in Psalm 131 which talks about a a calm and quiet soul that is like a weaned child. A weaned child is not always yearning for that source of food but is calm, quiet, satisfied. And because you believe this God is working out His purposes in your life, you know that He will supply everything, everything that you need. Paul says that in verse 19, doesn't it? Doesn't he? My God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You know the King of this universe, Jesus Christ, in whom are all the riches of glory. This life is short. Eternity never ends. And you know the God of eternity. 
Now, Paul draws out an implication for living a life of contentment focused on God in verses 14 through 18. As we come to learn contentment, there is a sufficiency in our lives that allows us to receive help and give help. In fact, this word, Greek word for contentment here in this passage can have the idea of sufficiency, satisfaction. And Paul, I think, begins to talk about this sufficiency that he has as he talks about his relationship to this congregation. Let me put it this way. If we find our sufficiency in God, we are free to respond to others in a way that seeks the benefit of the other person. And this works in two ways. There's a benefit to the person who receives help. I mean, Paul is very thankful for the help that the Philippians have sent him. They were the only church, actually, at the beginning that sent him anything. You see that in verse 15. He says, you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Paul graciously received their help. This is the way that the body of Christ works. God brings people into our lives to help and to support us. Contentment allows us to receive and give thanks for the help and the support of others. When we as a family first went to Rochester, New York, or I went to pastor a very small uh, downtown urban church, And to be honest, they barely paid us enough money to make ends meet. So at the beginning, we had too much month left over when the the check ran out, right? And, And we rarely went out to eat as a family. We just couldn't. And we had a favorite restaurant. Swiss Chalet. Don't know if you've ever eaten there. Um, I wish they had some in Charlotte. But it was our favorite restaurant. But God... Even in this small way, in this small area, God provided in many wonderful ways. We got to know an elder from a local OPC church in the area, and he and his wife periodically would take us out to eat. And what a blessing that was. And what fellowship we had together. They were such a blessing and encouragement to us. On the other hand, the other side of this coin is that one who is content can give to others because sufficiency is found in God alone. Contentment means that we are not driven by accumulating money and things for ourselves, so we are free to give and to help others. This church has not had a problem with that. You are very, very giving. But notice what excites Paul here. Verse 17, when he thinks about the Philippians giving to him. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Paul looks beyond the gift that is given to him. And looks at the benefit that comes to the one who gives the gift. He's more concerned about them than he is his own situation. The point of all this is that when you realize that God is the one who supplies all your needs, you are free to respond to others 
in a way that pleases God. Now, this contentment that comes from God is available to every believer. It doesn't matter what is going on in your life. This divine source of rest and satisfaction can be yours. And the circumstances of life really become the crucible in which we learn contentment. You notice what Paul says in verse 11 and 12. I have learned in whatever situation to be content. I know how to be brought low and, and how to abound in every circumstance. I can face plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And this secret is offered to people free. And yet, very few people really understand this secret, don't they? People seek contentment or relief from stress in a variety of ways. At one point, I googled relief from stress. It can be a dangerous thing. <laughs> and here's just a couple things that came up. Stress, stress management therapy, an alternative natural remedy for stress relief. Or you can get a relaxing hypnosis CD that will make you feel wonderful, guaranteed. Or breathe stress away. Effective stress reduction software and device for only $195. And my favorite, stress is for lame people. Get it fixed. Stop whining. $67. <laughs> or we can seek God. The true source of contentment, and it is free, no charge. Many of us know people who have faced tough situations in life, major illnesses, other tragedies. We've had some of those in our own congregation, even going on now, don't we? And how our brothers and sisters respond can be a, a real source of encouragement. And about 10 years ago, an RTS couple, Reformed Theological Seminary, Nick and Lindsay Franks had a baby boy who was born 17 weeks premature. It's about four months, four months premature. He was not given much chance to live, about 20%, maybe 30% chance to live. And they blogged about their experience. And it was a remarkable account of the pain and the grief that they experienced, but also how God worked in many marvelous ways. And I came across their story. Of course, they were RTS students, so I knew about them. But I, but I came across their story when I was writing my commentary on Job. And I used many of the blog posts, their blog posts, to tell the story of Pierce, baby Pierce. So after each chapter, there's a short account of the development of the life of Pierce and all the experiences they went through. And it is a riveting story. In fact, you might want to just skip my commentary section and just read their story. About a month after his birth, he weighed two pounds. And Lindsay, the mom, wrote these words. She says, I stumbled upon this quote this morning and thought it was so appropriate during this trying time. It says, God allows in his wisdom that which he could easily prevent in his power. 
And as I reflected on that today, she says, I had such a peace that God has indeed allowed this for a reason. God is not a distant father who ignores us in our problems. No, in fact, God allows these dark times in our lives for a reason. He has a purpose in all this. And many of you are probably asking a question that we have wrestled with in the past. What is his purpose? How could a loving God allow our baby to suffer through such gut-wrenching times? She says the answer is made clear throughout Scripture to demonstrate the glory and the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. She ends this post with these words, the Lord is truly the only all-satisfying thing you can ever cling to. Contentment never comes easy. It must be learned in the crucible of life experience. And as the hymn we sang earlier reminds us, stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed Finding, as he promised, perfect peace and rest. Because God is the true source of contentment, we must seek him in every circumstance of life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God of power. We thank you that you are a God of mercy, a God of grace. We thank you that you are a God of wisdom. And your wisdom is so far above our wisdom. And at times we do not understand why certain things might come into our lives But Lord, help us through these circumstances to learn to be content in you. That no matter what happens, we will prevail because Christ has prevailed. And so we pray that you would encourage us as we continue to trust in you for our days. We pray this in Jesus' name.